Hey everyone, and welcome to a special exciting episode of Porcelain Peak, the strange and scary podcast that covers everything from horror to sci-fi and all the Marvel stuff in between. This week we got a special episode, so it is a bonus. Yeah, bonus. <laughs> so John and I are joined by Amanda. Hello, back for round two. <laughs> we are going to be talking about Captain Marvel, so we wanted to get the female perspective, since it's a heavily female-driven movie. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to be like, oh yeah, here's two dudes' opinion about a movie that's very important for women. Like, I, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that we definitely had some additional input. So basically, Brie Larson's character is a Cree, and... Or so we think. Well, yeah, okay. Spo- oh, by the way, spoiler yeah, alert. Yeah, spoilers. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, is a Cree, or so she thinks, and is training on a planet. They go on a mission to save a planet from scrolls. So they go to save a person who has uh, intel on the scrolls uh, in order to try to stop them. Right, and then through a series of events, she gets to Earth, and she doesn't know anything about who she is before she was a Cree within the last what, eight years, is it? Six. Six years. And then as she's on Earth, she's trying to find answers and eventually leads her to become super. Er. Super. <laughs> to unleash her powers. Yeah. To full effect. And it takes place in the 90s. And so that was pretty hot right now. So <laughs> I think they made a smart choice with that. Yeah, the only thing hotter than it right now is the 80s. So Or Hansel. <laughs> He's so hot right now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, as far as, like, the 90s shtick, like, I enjoyed it when it worked. Uh, I really liked, like, all, like, the the jokes about, like, 90s technology, you know, Blockbuster and Alta Vista and all that stuff. But it felt like it was few and far between. The jokes were great. They got they got great laughs. But they just, it just didn't have that, like, it was, like, sprinkled and it needed to be just layered. I am on the opposite end. <laughs> you thought there were too many 90s jokes? No, I thought it was enough. See, I felt like they could have gone a little more full tilt with it. If you pair it with the 90s soundtrack, I thought that was fantastic. Loved the soundtrack. The opening, they give you a good tribute to Stan. Oh, my and God. that shit hit me pretty hard for a minute. Yeah, I uh, I got a little teary-eyed at first. and It really kind of fucks you up for the rest of the movie. I'd say if it's not the best cameo, it's top five. Um, the fact that he references an actual, like he's actually Stan Lee. Like, it's not like it's a Stan Lee cameo. He's showing a side of Stan Lee. Right. Because he's headed to go film Mallrats, which he was in where he did his very first cameo. And to see the reaction on the internet, especially from Kevin Smith, that like Kevin Smith exists in this universe was, it was, it was something really interesting to see. Like he like posted a picture of himself crying and like how like he spent his whole career like referencing pop culture and now pop culture is referencing him back and he felt like he was getting respect in that way. And being someone who loves Kevin Smith, loves Marvel, loves the movie Mallrats, like it's all all good for me. Right. And they changed the intro, the Marvel 10 intro to feature all clips of him and I, that was pretty powerful for yeah. me. Yeah, that was a really sweet, really sweet tribute. Well, and before they even showed the actual like the – like the Captain Marvel card, they showed thank you Stan with a screen of black and just the white letters. And that, like I said, I think that 
they're like so they're paying him the proper respects. Yeah, agreed. Do you know if he's going to be in an Endgame? I believe he'll be in an Endgame. Um, I don't think he's going to be in Far From Home. Okay. And as far as we know, that's the last thing on the docket for at least nine months. Really? Yeah. So after Far From Home, we don't get anything until 2020. What is that? We don't know yet. It's undisclosed. Uh, okay, cool. Good. Yeah. I wish that they would have done that with Spider-Man so we didn't know he was coming back. <laughs> Even though we knew he was coming back, yeah. I didn't want to know for sure he was coming back. But th- I think that them kind of like taking a break and resetting for for phase four, I think is going to be the best best option. Uh, but we'll see how everything turns out at the end. All right, so let's just I guess dive in. The movie killed it at the box office. It made I want to say like f- over four hundred million worldwide. That's what I like weekend, to see, which is gnarly, I think. But power power to him. Yeah. People talk about Marvel fatigue, but then they come out with something slightly different, and it wrecks. Yeah. Same thing happened with Guardians. Same thing happened with Black Panther. Now it's happening again with Captain Marvel. It's like you just change one thing, and it... Yeah. So that's pretty rad. That being said, this movie does follow the pretty typical Marvel origin formula. So yeah. If you've seen almost any of the origin stories that they've put out and liked them, then you're probably going to like this. I liked it probably more than the Thor and the Captain America origins. I thought those this was a lot better than those. I love Captain America. I think that every iteration of Captain America they've shown so far has been excellent. <laughs> I lo- Dude, two and three are my favorite yeah. of, the, of the entire but franchise. But I loved First Avenger. I loved that movie. And I felt like it was, for me, I felt like it was better than Iron Man. And a lot of people loved Iron Man. I do feel like it is 100% better than Thor 1 and 2 for sure. Um, <laughs> That's not saying much. Yeah, it's definitely better than a lot of the Iron Man movies and Incredible Hulk. Like I said, I, I enjoyed the movie. It's very entertaining. I feel like Brie Larson did a, a heck of a job as that character. I just feel like they she wasn't directed well. I liked her as, before she knew she was like a full-bledged superhero or whatever like before she fully captain marveled out i thought she was great because her acting chops are fantastic oh yeah you know what i mean i mean she can act and i think i was talking to you about it one of the best scenes for me was her and sam jackson in some aircraft just talking yeah and the back and forth between them and them just acting that scene like that i was like this is a example of good acting just with dialogue yeah. and nothing else happening, no action. And that worked for me a lot. And there's a couple of the scenes she has with her friend that are similar to that. And I was like, dude, I'm feeling this right now. What did you think about Brie Larson's acting performance, either as a human ish or as Captain Marvel? I mean, overall, I really enjoyed Brie Larson's performance for me. She felt really different from other representations of female superheroes that I've seen in the past. Not necessarily from this franchise, but just in general. She felt very different to me. And that's what I really appreciated. In what way? She didn't feel disingenuous or contrived. She doesn't feel cookie cutter. Like, to me... I don't think of Wonder Woman when I think of Miss Marvel. And for me, like, Wonder Woman kind of represents... Like this very maternal sex symbol 
but someone with a good heart. And I feel like even though, yes, Captain Marvel has a good heart, I feel like her motivations are different. And I feel like what she represents is very different. And I think that a lot of women, especially women who identify as feminists, will really identify with her. What do you think that? Well, I think that, well, just talking about Brie Larson's performance, I think that her character breaks a lot of female molds that are placed on women. It was like, like what, if, if a male director, whoever, anyone were to be like, well, what kind of roles would women identify with as this female superhero? Oh, well, let's make her a wife and mother. Like, no, a lot of women aren't necessarily going in that direction anymore. And it's, I feel like feminism is now taking a turn where women are feeling more empowered and are making different choices. And so to match that, women need a different hero. And I feel like Captain Marvel is a new type of hero. And to me, like I'm, I'm watching her on the screen and I'm not really even thinking about the fact that she is a woman. I'm watching her just be a badass on the screen. And that was something that was really enjoyable to me. I look at her and I know, obviously, she's a woman, but that's not immediately like what comes to my mind. Yeah. So I feel like her motivations are really different. In the movie, I feel like her motivations are for justice. And I don't feel like you often see that. Like comparing her to other female superheroes, and I don't claim to be an expert whatsoever on superheroes or this world at all. So I'm just going to name a big one, like Wonder Woman, yeah. because that's one that I'm more familiar with. Like to compare the two, which really isn't fair, but I feel like Wonder Woman's motivations are in saving and she feels very maternal. She feels very like mother earthly almost like with the Amazons, like that's their whole thing is like being the protectors. And I feel like Captain Marvel is more about righting a wrong and seeking out justice, not just because she wants to be the maternal, the savior, the mother. Like, she wants to right the wrong because it's wrong. It's about what's what's ethically wrong. And so she sees that. She makes a turn, a complete 180, and changes and tries to make, make right what she's been a part of as being wrong. So that's, I mean... I feel like... That can be said in a similar vein, sort of like with Captain America. Like he isn't set out to do anyone's agenda, to do anyone's agenda, or to or to be like a hero. He set out to do what he thinks is right, and I feel like that can be said too about Captain Marvel. So she has a mission, which she believes is the right thing to do, and then later on realizes that that's not right, and she like follows her heart. Yeah, you know, you know, and instinct and reasons, and goes in the direction that she needs to go to make the smart choice. And I definitely felt like there were some interesting, interesting things that I noticed that were different from some of the previous Marvel films. Just be, you know, just in the very vein that it's led by a female character. Uh, this is one of the first instances where the character doesn't have a love interest. There's no love interest whatsoever. Uh, it it makes it seem like that might be Jude Law at some point in time, but obviously, spoilers, he ends up being the villain. And that that's one of the few things that is very Marvel, is that it was, you know, these Kree super soldiers. There's one of them and another one, and that's your foil. Those are who you're fighting. It's, you know, it's the whole, the enemy is very similar to the friend thing that happens right. with a lot of things like with Black Panther and Killmonger, 
with uh, Captain America and Red Skull. They're very similar. Um, or Captain America and Bucky, even. Yeah, yeah, they're they're you know genetically modified soldiers, whatever you know. Right. But they're the same. They're very similar people fighting against each other, and they do that for a reason because it works and it's easy to do. I, for me, Jude Law was one of the negatives for me. I don't. I don't think his performance was bad anyway. Like I think he was fine. I just think that the character itself just right. didn't work as well. It wasn't well written, and that whole he's the bad guy was pretty predictable. Well, and the fact that you have these stark differences in performance from him as compared to Brie Larson, who, like I said, is not only championing an entire half of a half of a population, is also just trying to do the right thing. There are a lot of things that rang true from that performance. There were a few things that, like, at first kind of seemed kind of off for me, and then as I pondered it more and I talked to more people, especially more women, I was able to kind of figure a few things out for myself. Like they're, they constantly talk about how emotional she is at no point in time. Do I see her really actually dig deep into those emotions? That's something that women deal with all the time, being told that they're emotional, they're hysterical, that they have these, you know, all of these emotional problems and they're not necessarily really there. It's just an excuse. And I feel like that was kind of them pointing, you know, pointing the neon sign at that saying, Hey, like she's not being ridiculous. She has the right idea and the right heart in the right place to get all these things done. At no point in time does she go over the top with her emotions, but she's being told the whole time that she is. I think a case could be made too that even if she was exhibiting emotions, then there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like just because someone is emotional about something doesn't mean that they're at fault for it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And I think that's evident when she... Is like, oh, you want to see some emotions? <laughs> and blast your law across the desert or yeah. whatever. Beach, whatever, whatever it is. Sand. <laughs> well, and what I what I really, really enjoyed about that scene in particular is that it was Indiana Jones. It was the it was the scene with the guy flipping the swords around and then he just shoots him and walks away. <laughs> it was like I said, it was a badass woman doing one of basically an homage to one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, uh if you can compare any woman character to Indiana Jones, like I said, that woman character is going to stand the test of time for <laughs> sure. Uh, like I said, I felt like she did really, really well in that role. Like I, I feel like there were some things where maybe she could have been directed better, right. uh, but I felt like she was also playing a specific part. And what Marvel does really well is they take, they take a subgenre to go along with their story. And I felt like the subgenre for this movie was buddy cop. Okay. With her and with oh, Samuel. Sam Jackson? Yeah. They I kinda... do want to talk about Sam Jackson. Yes. Before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about Brie Larson. Still, I liked her as Carol, right? Mm-hmm. I liked her as Verse or yeah. whatever they called her. I, But I thought that, and like you were saying, the direction I think was part of it. I thought her performance as Captain Marvel fell flat. Some of her line delivery was a little weak. I think there's one part where she's just like, okay. <laughs> and it's almost like that. Yeah. And so there's a few times when they're in the ship on the outskirts of um, earth. And I was just kind of like, ah, like you're saying cool things, but I don't necessarily like the delivery of them. Well, and you don't know what's left on the cutting room floor there either. Right. And you also don't know what was asked for. You know, like I said, if, if, if that's something that if you're watching that as a person directing and you don't, you don't like what you're seeing, or you think that there's maybe some more delivery technique that could be used there. You ask for it. That's that's how Hollywood works. Like the fact that that 
that's the final cut. That's the final version that ended up in it. Like I said, I don't put that on her as the actor, considering the rest of the performance was fantastic. No, I agree. And it was just weird because, we, like you said, we talked about a lot of her emotions. And then <laughs> she's just, like, flat and has none yeah. for a few parts. And so that kind of threw me off. I don't know. Did you feel any I mean, of that? Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree that she feels a lot less emotional and she feels a little bit more rational. And I think that that's a more accurate representation of women that probably a lot of people don't realize unless you are a woman that you're not always behaving irrational as people tell you that you are like, calm down. It's fine. It's not (laughs) fine. Um, but we can we can talk about Sam Jackson's performance. I think we probably covered Brie enough. Is there anything you wanted to add about Brie as far as No, I mean later on I'm gonna wanna talk about some of the overt themes that are brought up in the movie. We got a surprise special guest. Yeah, surprise special guest. Uh my partner is here. Uh say hello to Brittany. Hi. Well so, hey Brittany, since you're here, is there anything you wanna say about Brie Larson's performance as far as her acting goes? Maybe in context of her as more or less human or Cree versus toward the end when she becomes Captain Marvel. We were saying how she feels a lot more down to earth at the beginning and then becomes kind of flat when she's super, super. Yeah, I would agree. I think towards the end, I got a little less interested because she was, I feel like she was like sure of herself, but like it didn't come across that way I think as she would want or like maybe they didn't direct her in the right direction that's what he was saying too like she was just very flat could that be though because Jude Law's character I do not remember his name Jude Law's character tells her at the beginning like you have to get your emotions under control you have to get under control and so once she's super super to use your very technical terminology there um (laughs) could it be that this is her like okay I've got my shit together. I'm I'm getting this under control now. I feel like her shit's a little too together though. <laughs> I feel like there could have been a little more emotion. Yeah, and that's because what I was like she's supposed to be mad and she's supposed to be like, you know, okay, these people did me wrong, but like her actions were saying that, but I feel like her expressions were not. From what I what I remember, essentially like, you know, in most cases where they were like, oh, you're being too emotional, she wasn't really being that emotional to start with. Like I said, I think that that's more of an allegory to, like, the shit that women deal with day to day. You know, the, oh, hey, smile more. You know, that kind of bullshit, you know? All right, well, that's probably, like, 15 minutes on Bree, so maybe we should move on to Sammy. Yeah. I thought Sam Jackson's performance was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Probably the best in the movie. The uh, young age makeup technology that Marvel's working with is out of this world good. Yeah, um, they definitely <laughs> Well, yeah, they've cleaned things up since since the I think it was Winter Soldier when they did it for Iron Man and they had mm. to dial Robert Downey Jr. back. That was a little uncanny valley. They've definitely stepped up their game. <laughs> I mean, they were able to center an entire storyline around a character done in young age makeup. I wouldn't even know. I, I would have had no idea. <laughs> he uh yeah, I mean, he was great. I I sometimes forget that Sam Jackson can actually act. I, I feel like he takes roles where he is like a caricature. A lot. Sick of, the, sick of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Right. Yeah. And uh, and to see his acting chops again, 
I was like, dude, you're fucking tight, dude. <laughs> well, they had great chemistry. The two yeah. of them just bounced off of each other so well. And I felt like like where she, in a lot of ways, didn't really bring like a like a charisma. She was more kind of like the fish out of water and like trying to figure out her story. They allowed her to kind of be the straight man and he was the comedic relief. And he did that really well. I wanted to go off what you were saying about the comedy for parts of it. For me, one of my biggest complaints with, I guess, Marvel, the MCU in general, is that a lot of the comedy sometimes feels very misplaced or at inopportune times. And I did not feel like that with this. I thought it was, I thought it was all right. It wasn't over the top, and I thought that they placed it well. Like, I mean, if I saw a cute cat, maybe I'd stop and pet it for a little bit too. <laughs> I definitely would. <laughs> I'm not gonna pass up a cute cat. What did you think about Sam Jackson's performance? I mean, at first it was hard to believe. Like, I didn't buy it at first because, I mean, the Nick Fury that we know and kind of love is curmudgeon-y. Mm-hmm. Like, he's... Very hardened. He's mm-hmm. so salty, like, all the time. Well, I mean, finding out how he lost his eye, I mean, I probably would be, too. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, I guess, but it was just hard. At first, it was very hard to believe like i just didn't buy it yet but then i mean as you start to get to know this different younger version of nick fury it becomes more believable and more i can accept it more but it's like it makes you wonder the whole time like what causes him to become such an old crotchety man later down the line well probably all the shit that he's having to put up with probably all the time um how many times they try to kill him (laughs) too many is that it is interesting to get to see that different side of Nick Fury. See him before he before he loses the you know loses sight of the one person he trusts, last person he trusted. You know, <laughs> I uh, did think that that was a little bit contrived. I was waiting the whole movie for him to lose his eye, and, and, then, well, and they and they 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 gaslight you a couple times. They're like, yeah. they they have like something happens. Like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. My eye's fine. Right. And then and then I was like, that's how it happened. And it was funny, but I was like, ah, like I wanted. Something badass to happen to him. I think that's what makes it so great is because it wasn't badass. And he's like this super badass guy. And the reason why he lost his eyes is because of a cat. Ish. Ish, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll use cat loosely. But yeah, I mean, I thought he was great. Um, some of the other acting, we already talked about Jude Law being kind of meh, yeah. one-dimensional, I guess. Uh, ben Mendelsohn. Right. Holy cow, what a performance. Even being mo-capped and CGI and everything... The um, emotion delivered through voice when they get up to Marvel's uh, spaceship slash lab, when they get up there and all of the scrolls kind of come like start making their way out and his family comes out and you just kind of see them like break down and like embrace each other. Like that scene was one of the most powerful scenes in the movie, in my opinion. And at least it shows that that even people that you maybe don't trust or that you that are just different from you are people that you can, you know, people that ha- you know, have their own people too. Like it's a, it's a, uh, it's hard to point at somebody and be like, Oh, there's, you know, there's no value to you. You're just my enemy. There's, it's Everybody's hard going through something. Exactly. Right. And I think that that's another one of the themes of the movie that was a little bit more under the surface, I guess, than the feminism message. And it's something that you had mentioned. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? This movie feels to me like there were two very overt themes for me in this movie, which was obviously feminism, 
but then the emergence of immigration as an issue. And so this idea of like, you're saying like these people are, you're just like, you're just like me. Like you, we all have the, we all have our problems and we're being separated and we're concerned about like the Cree. That's what they're called, right? Not, uh, not the green people, but right, the blue people versus people. Yeah. Okay. So they're all concerned. My, my understanding of this is that they're very concerned about the scrolls coming in and entering these worlds, these planets. They don't want them to. And so they're trying to stop them and prevent them from coming in. And so, I mean, it feels very obvious that the movie is about immigration. But what I started to really think about was, okay, well, what's the connection between feminism and immigration? And so that kind of led me to question, are they posing this message that immigration is a feminist issue. And in fact, that's actually a very new idea amongst modern day feminists that fourth wave feminism is going to start encompassing immigration as an issue worldwide. That, I mean, something like 75%, I looked this up, 75% of people migrating, I think, into the U.S. are women and their children, 75%. And women are, they're not just like stopping, like being pregnant, like when they're migrating, they're giving birth, women are dying, they're contracting diseases, their children are affected. And so it's encompassing immigration as a feminist issue. And reuniting families is a really big theme in the movie as well. And so I think, I wonder if that's some sort of commentary that perhaps the director or the writers are trying to offer on this there is a potential of that for sure and i like i said i do uh agree with that tenant i definitely think that i mean because in a lot of ways uh there are certain types of feminists that are are uh looked at poorly for being you know more concerned about you know white women than you know than women of color women who are you know transitioning that sort of a thing you know the uh there's definitely like like i said a a smaller fractured off group that think that way where it's just white women and that's it, you know? And I think that that is something that hurts feminism as a whole. And I think that there's possibly a message about that as well, that not only is feminism about women, it's about people who are struggling in general and just finding that harmonious balance of equality between all sexes, you know, uh, whether they be cisgender or not, whether they be, you know, white or not, you know, that sort of a thing. I think that, That type of representation on screen, I think, is incredible, and I think we need more of it, 100%. I think that's a really good point, because if you think about it, she's, in the beginning, she's an alien, and she gets back to Earth, so already she's an immigrant in that point, and so they find out, okay, she's an alien, you know, we have to go after her, you know, she's not safe, and, you know, she's going to do damage to, you know, our Earth and stuff like that, so, and then they kind of, like, open up, and, like, they find out her story and everything and then they're like oh well she's just one of us kind of a thing so i think that's a really good point so she kind of becomes a person of all worlds because she's cree but an earthling and then she's identifies technically from earth with but the scrolls too. yeah so yeah I think that's a good point i didn't think about that immediately during the movie until you and i had talked about it later and then i was like yeah it makes a lot of sense it does <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the way the movie looks. Marvel knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? Not a ton of the alien landscape, but I was fine. I feel like we've seen a lot of it at this point. At one point, I was irritated because I thought the ships 
looked similar to other ships, and it was because they, they were all, they the were, ships. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, they're getting lazy. So, yeah, we had a conversation about this, and I was like, I was like, but it was Ronin. Like, right. that's those are Ronin ships. That's how that works. Um, Once that clicked in, I was like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, all right, all right, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you were talking about how like you weren't sure that was Lee Pace or not. Yes. So I mean, he's blue. Yeah. Well, and without like the black face makeup that goes along with the blue makeup, right? And um, after after we watched Leprechaun and we had the Jennifer Aniston impersonator, <laughs> I thought maybe they just got someone that sounded like Lee Pace. <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like we've seen Titan, we've seen Nova, we've seen uh, Nowhere, we've seen so many different like places. I felt like actually getting a chunk of the nineties from earth, I felt like was, was definitely worth, you know, worth keeping an eye on, uh, having her land at blockbuster, but also having like radio shack and like, like, like where's your communications equipment? And the security guard just points at radio shack. (laughs) Hysterical. How she always has to use a payphone to communicate. Yeah, well, just like, like that is just so out of touch. But uses the payphone, but also like completely changes it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, so I I wasn't disappointed that we didn't get to see a ton of the planet that of Cree or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the stuff that we did see looked fantastic. I mm-hmm. mean, those movies are gorgeous. So I thought it was visually pleasing. They they make billions upon billions of dollars. Marvel knows what they're doing. <laughs> uh, I definitely like. I, said, I think that that this was just them kind of flexing their muscles a little bit before Endgame because I think that Endgame is going to be a visual spectacle. I wasn't a huge fan of the alien makeup in the... I don't know. I'm just not really impressed lately. The scrolls? With... Yeah, with... Mostly it's the scroll makeup, but, like, some of the alien makeup, it just feels like... I, I mean, I don't know. It just feels very repetitive. Like, you see kind of the same, like, features... The same facial features or the same, like a lot of, I don't know. It just feels, I can see that. It feels a little bit of the same. I feel like they do the solid color creatures a lot and it looks really good. Like vision looks great. You know what I mean? And Lee Pace originally looked really good. And so I think I kind of agree with what you're saying where they use that a lot because it looks good. So they have yeah. something that works and go, yeah, let's just keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It do- it's not that it looks bad. It just seems like, are you running out of ideas? <laughs> I've noticed, too, that a lot of, like, features are very similar from, like, each alien person. So, like, Thanos, he has very similar features with the scrolls with, like, the yes, it, line it, chin. Yes, it's his weird yes. butt chin. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. But I'm also wondering if, like, maybe they're trying to keep it cohesive so it's not too different. Well, and that's the thing, though, is because, like, this is supposed to be... These are supposed to be different alien races. So is it supposed to be, like, some consistency? And these are just different iterations of the same DNA? Or, like... That is, that's kind of, like, what my point is. is. Like, you know, is it supposed to be, like, are these worlds so close that, you know, it kind of... Yeah, there's crossover. Well, maybe it's something like we see them and they're all kind of humanoid, I guess. And so maybe that's kind of the same idea where they kind of look like humans. So maybe these other races look like each other as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they all kind of have human features. Right. I think that the basic storyline mm-hmm. was pretty straightforward. Nothing really that we hadn't seen before. What I will say that I liked more about this than some of the previous installments, though, was the the mystery. We don't get a ton of that. I think that came up in... 
Winter Soldier where there was some mystery behind it, and that was more of like an espionage mm-hmm. type movie. And the mystery for me in this, not only an integral part to the plot, but really worked. And it kept me like, what's coming next? Who is she? What happened? What's going on? And I wanted to know more. And I was like, keep going. This one, like I said, I felt like it had kind of like that buddy cop kind of feel to it. And because of that, it has that military leading again, which, as you know, by Winter Soldier works incredibly well. Like if you took the whole concept of Marvel out of Winter Soldier and you just made it a spy thriller, that movie would still sell gangbusters because it was excellent as a spy thriller. Right. Uh, And I feel like like this movie is more of the same. It is excellent as what it is. They do the whole like declassified like redacted documents and like the the whole like mystery thriller thing. They do that really, really well. And I feel like they don't get to do that enough because they have to worry about flexing their muscles in another direction. You can't do that kind of a story for Black Panther. You can't do that kind of a story for Thor. They they work for subsets. And I think having someone who also has some kind of military background allows you to kind of jump back in and kind of dig into those stories again. Do you think, and we can cut this out if it's not popular opinion or whatever, but (laughs) do you think that it was weird in any way that they tried to make her kind of like a, a boy when she's a kid? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I want to play with the boys. Oh, I'm a tomboy. I want to play baseball. They made her have very, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like say no. there's anything wrong with it. But I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a tomboy. But she is, and so she's very like she's a dude, right? She has like that idea. I to her. personally love that because that's how I was as a kid. I did gymnastics. I played softball. I was always out getting dirty in the mud, and you know, on my bike, and just like you know, getting road rash every day. So I personally really like that because I was like, oh, you know, that just reminds me of my childhood of, you know, living out in the country and, you know, coming home covered in mud because I got into a mud fight with a neighbor. I, I liked that because I think it kind of gives the short snippets that they gave of like her and her dad and like how he was like, no, you can't do this. And, you know, I think that's a really good view because it's like a lot of the times, you know, Looking at the time frame of this movie, you know, at the time when she would be a kid, that would be a time where, you know, being a tomboy and being a girl wouldn't be okay. You know, you had, you know, you're supposed to, you know, have tea parties and stuff like that. So I, I really liked that. I felt like that was a really good glimpse into why she is the way she is now. Like, even though she doesn't remember her past, like, why does she submit when she's clearly more powerful than anyone on Cree? And she knows it. Why does she then submit to Jude Law's character? And I think it's because she probably reminds him, or he probably reminds her of her dad. Yes, I thought that too. And so, like, that was that was clear. It was like, why is this powerful woman, this powerful person, character, being so submissive? She's so independent, and she just wants to go and do what she wants to do, but... He pulls her back every single time. Exactly. And so why does she listen to him? And then it's that that is what makes sense. It's because that's innate in her that, oh, I she have to submit. Mm-hmm. I have to submit. I have to be submissive. I have to do what I'm told. And part of that, too, is being a soldier. You do what you're ordered to do. You follow directions. You don't deviate. But at the same time, it's like, but if you're so powerful and you're so much more capable than what they realize then why submit? And so that backstory helps make that make a lot more sense for her. I think it's a kind of a 
way to to show like how mental abuse can be so powerful you know even to anybody it really gets ingrained into your mind of like okay well this person told me I can't do this over and over and over again so I can't do it now there's no way I could ever possibly do it so you're seeing it as more or less character development on her end I think so yeah yeah as a woman I see it as she can do whatever a man can do and she can do it just as good Well, for me, that also was very representative. I feel like her character feels very third-wave feminism mixed with Mm fourth-wave feminism. And so I feel like her character in that, at the beginning of the movie, really feels like representative of third-wave feminism. So third-wave feminism, a lot of the ideals represented in third-wave feminism was individualism the woman was very much focused on, I don't need to worry about everybody else. I can build up myself and I can be strong by myself. I don't need anyone to do it for me. I can do it. I can do anything a man can do. I can do anything any other woman can do. And I am powerful in that. You also have aspects of you're starting to see diversity amongst feminists. It's not just about white women who are bored and enraged at home And they're getting the attention because at the time, you know, before third wave feminism in the 60s and 70s, to be fair, women had, white women especially, had a lot more power than any woman of color. And so as the century or century progresses, moving into third wave feminism in the 80s and 90s, you have a lot more equality. And so you start to see more diversity in amongst feminists. And you also have the emergence of feminist punk subculture and i feel like that's where veers or verse fits in is that she's that punk feminist subculture but you also have a lot of anger and outrage that is starting to be vocalized in third wave feminism and i feel like at the beginning of the movie that's where brie larson's character fits in she's more of that third wave feminist and i think that's interesting because as as a character design her uh, in the comics and also her her suit in this this movie uh have the mohawk. Yeah. And I feel like that's a good homage to that type of that territory of feminism as well. That's part of the reason why I think it's a smart idea for us that we don't do this alone because we can voice our opinions, right. But but who if, the fuck are we? <laughs> exactly. Like it's it's our opinions aren't really negative in any way. The only negatives that I saw from this movie were just just Jude with Law. Der- yeah, Jude <laughs> Law, and to go back to the original point about about women doing things that are tomboyish, you know, that, like I said, that's rep- representing a subset of people. You've got plenty of people out there being, you know, like being like sex symbols or like you know doing you know doing this or doing that, doing things that are more feminine. But you don't get a lot of people who are out there representing the people who just do the things that are right because they like to do them, especially for. Uh, women and for black people and i feel like that's part of the reason why black panther was so successful and that's part of the reason why captain marvel is seeing success as well is because it's representing a subset of people who exist and who are there are more of them than you think there are and who need to have representation because you know when you take a young girl into the theater who's like oh i like i don't nobody understands me nobody gets me and you see yourself as an adult on screen like that there's so much power in that sentiment. And for, you know, for someone who's, you know, uh, a, a white guy, like it's, it's, you know, we get that all the time and we take that for granted. Right. So that's actually one of the questions I wanted to pose to you two 
is I remember when Black Panther came out, there was a lot of press because black kids finally had someone that they can look up to and a superhero for them to to represent with. Do you, I mean, obviously you guys aren't kids anymore, but does that resonate with you in that same way where you're like, yeah, there's one, here's one for us. I think so. Like, you know, like I was saying earlier about like, you know, her childhood and my childhood, like, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm not like a super girly, you know, person, you know, I have my moments, you know, but for the most part, I'm not like overly charged, like womanly, you know, here I am femme kind of a girl. (laughs) But I think, you know, for her, all those like kind of connections to like being a woman and like, you know, being in the man's world, you know, it, it does, you know, it does, it's nice to kind of actually see them, you know, put somebody up on the screen who is strong and like, you know, at the end she knows who she is and she knows what she needs to do no matter what, you know? And I, I think that, I think that's going to be really good for little girls. Like on that same token, I feel like it's really important that her Captain Marvel doesn't have anything to prove to anyone. Exactly. And I think that that is an important statement. I was going to say mission for some reason. Message. It's an important message for for all people, not just women, Mm -hmm. but just you don't have to prove yourself to anyone. Mm -hmm. You don't owe anyone anything. Like just go and do and be right. Go and do good. Put good out into the world and and fix wrongs that you have either done yourself or that you see in the world. And I feel like that's an important message, not just for women, but for everyone. But I think especially for women, because when you are raised to believe that you have to apologize for everything that you do for existing, that you have to apologize when you disrupt a man, when you disrupt a room when you do anything you have to apologize for your curves you have to apologize for, for being a woman you have to apologize for having an opinion i feel like with what you guys are saying at least in that regard so the, the, yes this movie has a strong feminist message but the way that it's set up almost kind of transcends its own message and becomes a movie for everybody and a movie that anyone can well and to. i think it can teach a lot about women and about you know how you know we are strong and you know our opinions do matter and what we have to offer counts like we we have a lot to offer you know we're smart we're strong you know we we can do more than i think we are given credit for this conversation kind of leads into my favorite scene in the entire movie, which I think is a weird scene, why it's my favorite, but I'll explain why. So my favorite scene in the movie is when Carol, it's so weird to call her Carol because <laughs> she doesn't feel like a Carol. Yeah, she doesn't. Uh, but when Carol is kind of reunited and bonding with Monica, who's the little girl, yeah. and she – like. Her, this is like her first moment where she's really maternal with someone that she loves and cares about. Right. But this little girl, like, she is like, hey, help me design my, like, superhero getup. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's the first time that Carol or Veers or whoever ever even cares about what she looks like. And that's something I also really appreciate is that she just does not give a shit about what she looks like. Yes. Doesn't matter to her. Uh, whereas you don't necessarily see that with other female superheroes. And so for me, Monica's generation, bringing it back to feminism, represents the fourth wave of feminism. And so that's that merging. And it's like Veers is acknowledging, 
you know, that you are valid and that what you stand for, what you represent and what your generation will do next is important. And so with fourth wave, you get the focus of empowerment of women. And so she empowers Monica, like you design it, you're the best and she feels stronger. And you also get a focus of equity, of accessibility. And in fourth wave, you get equal political representation. And so empowering women to go out and do something with this power that you were just so underestimated for, that is my favorite scene because that feels like a passing of the torch moment. You are relevant. I recognize you. You are powerful. Go forth and do something with it. That's probably one of my favorite scenes too. Or I really like the scene too where she tells Jula where she's like, I don't have anything to prove to you. Yes. And I think that opens so many doors for women because, you know, we shouldn't have to prove ourselves. We should just be accepted and, you know, for how strong we are and how much we can do and how much value we have in any type of field. It's informative for young girls and for people watching in general and how you were saying like, oh, so feminism sometimes gets this rap as being like male hating, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily right. the case. And so, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I, I agree with what you're saying where it's like this message isn't about just like overdoing the feminism. It's about showing you what that is about and how they're not all men haters because she is a very strong feminist symbol. She doesn't hate on guys. She obviously – a lot of the other characters in the movie are male. Well, yeah, she could have killed Jude Law, but right. she was like, I don't have anything to prove to you. you know, you're, you're not worth it. What would you say overall of the movie? Like what's your – overall opinion of it since i'm the resident marvel guy at an entertainment vortex i did a review for it and i gave it an eight at that point in time and i feel like after i let it sit and after i discussed it with people i felt like i underscored it um it was something where i felt like it was definitely closer to like a nine it's not a perfect movie but it doesn't have anything to do with the message or with the characters it's like i said i felt like there were some situations where the direction could have been better or editing or whatever it is that allowed you know, some scenes to feel a little, a little less emotion driven than they needed to be. But let's like I, I feel like the whole supersedes the parts in this one. I feel like the message is fantastic. Needed to be said, needed to be stated, needed to be shouted as loud as humanly possible. <laughs> um, uh, the representation is 100% the most important part of the film. And I feel like they did that very well. Do you guys feel the same way? Do you guys feel like you were represented positively? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think, I think there's always going to be backlash for strong women. I just, I, I think, I think it's just going to be a thing that is going to take a really long time for people to get used to. It's been so ingrained that you know women are housekeepers and they're there yeah. to you know have children and you know take care of the husband. <laughs> and it's, you know, I feel like just in like the last few years, it, you know, women have really stepped up to be like, no, we're strong. We're more than that. What would you say, Brittany, that I guess if you had to give it a score, we can do out of 10 or out of 100, whatever? I would probably get it like eight and a half, nine. I think, you know, like John was saying, the message is really strong and I really like that. But some of the acting and stuff I feel like wasn't there. As far, yeah, as far as the story, I think the story was a 10. You know, I think if we can get more of this and make it the norm, you know, that, you know, I feel like people 
it should just be natural to represent people. It shouldn't have to be like this big ordeal of, you know, oh, the African-American communities being represented or the, you know, the women communities being represented. I think everybody should be represented, you know, as they should be. You know, we're all people. We're all humans. You know, we just want we want that representation. Totally agree. If I'm going to give it a score, I'm totally on par with with what Brittany's saying. I agree. It's an eight and a half, nine. It's not a perfect movie. But I do want to say that I found this movie incredibly refreshing. Yes. And I also appreciated what John was saying about how it's not about men bashing or men hating. It's just her going out and doing her thing. I think in that regard, then this movie, kill it. I love Marvel movies, you know, and I love the characters and, you know, the story that they've built, but there's never been anyone where I'm like, oh, you know, I really like gravitate towards this character yes. and this character I did. I'm like, okay, you know, she has something to offer to me. Yeah. There's, you know, ScarJo and stuff, but there's Gamora. there's Gamora, but I feel like their characters aren't as developed no. as hers. You know, you get her backstory, you get the whole, you get the whole picture for her and it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, I totally get this. This is She's the focus. This, yes, and you know, I I appreciate that because yeah. as a woman, I finally have a character that I'm like, yes, I can relate to her. I get what they're, you know, how they're treating her or, you know, the struggles that she's going through. You know, I don't, you know, have this whole alien race that I have to save. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah. But we do have to, you know, it's we do have to fight to get to a certain level. All right. So uh, this was a very long discussion. Uh, I mean, it, it takes a lot to try to get four people's opinions on, on wax. But at this point, like I said, I think that there, we could go on in circles talking about how, how much we love the message of this movie. But I think that uh, it's better left to you guys to talk about it at this point. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, if you have any opinions or any discussion points you want to bring up, keep it civil. Uh, but uh, <laughs> hit us up on any of our socials. We're at Porson Peak everywhere on the internet. Uh, PorsonPeak.com uh, will take you to our website. And if you want to talk to us directly, uh, you can hit us up at uh, PorsonPeak at gmail.com. And as always, you know, rate, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. And uh, we will see you guys with the soonest regular episode. Thank you for listening. Peace. A Hyperforge Alpha Network production.